At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's hour number three of the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. And we got a tremendous hour for you as in the final hour, we're going to be diving into every single college basketball game for Saturday with regards to the NCAA tournament that we have yet to hit. We're about 50-50 on these games. So we got a couple more to be able to dive into, including the rambunctious one between Memphis and Gonzaga. We've got Creighton versus Kansas that is going to be up on deck as well. So We've got a lot to be able to dive into. I'm going to refresh the DK Nation pick for you guys as well. So we've got you all covered as it is the best time of year. We are now into the round of 32. And when it comes to the round of 32, typically you've got a couple 12 seats that they wind up sneaking in. And it's always interesting to see if they're going to be able to make the Sweet 16 or not. So how about if we start right there with Arkansas versus New Mexico State? We go 785, 786. Right now you're finding Arkansas as a relatively I would call a decent size favorite in this one you're finding them in a lot of places right around a six and a half and your total on this game you're going to be getting it varying a little bit you're finding anywhere between 138 and 139 and with regards to the spot I did wind up saying Arkansas is an eight point favorite Arkansas had a little bit of a tough time with what they were able to do against what they were able to do against Vermont but with that said this is an Arkansas team that they do a very good job with regards to their ball pressure. They're in the top 30 in all of college basketball with regards to points allowed on a per-possession basis. Arkansas has been a little bit hit or miss with regards to their three-point shooting percentage, but they've been able to have Stanley Amudi really be able to pick it up for the team ever since conference play began. Be able to shoot right around 40% from three-point range, giving you 15 points per contest, and they're going to have the biggest concept out there. That'd be J.D. Note. I know that there's a lot of people that say that that might be Teddy Allen, but take a look at Note. He has scored in double figures in all but one of the team's games thus far this season. So he has been absolutely tremendous with that regard. Also chips in there right around 1.7 seals per contest has been really the heart and soul of this Arkansas team. Then you take a look at the flip side for New Mexico State and Teddy Allen turned into Teddy Buckets a couple days ago. He wound up being able to have over half the team's points. He was absolutely a flamethrower for the team and for New Mexico State. I just don't know if they're going to be able to duplicate what they wound up doing in that game a couple days ago against UConn because this is a team that coming into the NCAA tournament, they were shooting 32.6% from three-point range. They went 11 of 17 from three-point range against a good three-point shooting defense at UConn. Now, they weren't as good on that day, but certainly I think that's fair to call that an outlier. And the big thing with New Mexico State, this is a team that they just turn the ball over a little bit too much with regards to turnovers on a per-possession basis. They're a bottom 75 team in all of college basketball. And this is an Arkansas team that they do a relatively solid job 
will be able to turn the heat up on you. This is an Arkansas team that is in the top 40 in all of college basketball with regards to possessions per game. New Mexico State, they're not necessarily a blazer. They're not necessarily a team that is going to be playing super slow either, right around 225th with regards to total possessions per game. So a little bit on the slower side, but nothing too demonstrative there. But when it comes to what you're able to get on this Arkansas team, they do a very good job of being able to hold up at the point of attack. If you can't hurt them in any way, ironically enough, it is by uh, just being able to hit your threes as Arkansas outside the top runner with regards to opponent's three-point shooting percentage. But Arkansas, they're forcing right around 14 and a half turnovers per contest. That is a top 50 mark in all of college basketball. This is a New Mexico State team that you're really going to need to find your ancillary pieces and get them going as well. You were able to see Clayton Henry be able to emerge the last few games. A guy that's able to shoot right around 37.5% from three-point range. He's been able to do a relatively solid job. You've got Johnny McCants along with Will McNair Jr. Both of these guys combined for 10 rebounds, right in the neighborhood about 15 points per contest. Sir Jabari Rice, 12 points, five boards, three assists. So he's been a little bit of a statue suffer, but each of your top three scores for New Mexico State do give you also at least three turnovers or at least two turnovers per game. So that is a little bit of an issue for this team. They are a team that they've been relying upon really someone like a Clayton Henry to be able to knock down some shots late. I do think that you're need to get you're gonna need to get a little bit more out of Mike Peak as well. A gentleman that winds coming in from Mossop. A guy with size that's right around six foot eight-ish has been able to shoot 38.5% from three-point range, was a very late to the game transfer as well. So he's a guy that wound up being able to come in late, was trying to make a little bit of a contribution for the team, but you just take a look at him, and he has been all over the place, has been able to do a little bit of a better job down the stretch, averaging right around six points, shooting 46.5% from three-point range in the team's last 10 contest, but you haven't necessarily been able to have him do as much recently here in that game that they wound up winning against UConn. He only wound up having three points in that contest. It feels like he's fallen out of favor a little bit more with regards to the rotation, and it's an Arkansas team that just got a little bit more depth with this team. Someone like a Chris Likes who's able to give you nine points per contest out there in the backcourt, I think is going to be very critical. And despite the fact that you do have an Arkansas team that they play very up-tempo, they do a good job with regards to being able to keep games relatively low scoring just because they are so tenacious when it comes to their defense. It's a team that with regards to second chance opportunities, the amount of rebounds that an opponent is able to get on a miss. They're one of the best teams in all of college basketball with that regard as well. So they've really been able to do a good job of holding you to one opportunity and one opportunity only with regards to opponents, second chance opportunities. They do rank right in the top 75 with that regard as well. So I do think that this is an Arkansas team that is going to be able to do a good job of being able to keep things bottled up. As a result, I did want to say my total at a 136 in this spot. I'm going to be taking a look at an under end with regards to this Arkansas team. I've got them as an eight-point favorite. I just think that they're a little bit more dominant than this New Mexico State team. New Mexico State had just a massive outlier of a three-point shooting performance a few days ago. I don't think that they're going to be able to duplicate that. I do think that Arkansas, just the stronger, quicker team, is going to be able to take hold in this game. Although Teddy Allen, I do think that he's certainly going to be able to get his in this spot. So going to be taking a look at an under, and we're going to be taking a look at Arkansas in this spot as well. A game that we also have yet to be able to hit as well because we have wanted to pick the other game that's going to be going down in that sort of pod in Buffalo, New York. But we've got a, another rambunctious one that I was mentioning a few minutes ago. Memphis, Gonzaga. This is a big one. 795, 796 on the betting board. And we've already seen quite a bit of line movement with regards to this game. Gonzaga opened up an 11.5 point favorite. They're now down to 10. And your total is anywhere between 154 and 155 and a half. Now, when you take a look at this Gonzaga team, they've been really able to do a good job of being able to cash overs for you the last few seasons. This is a team that, if you want to date it back to the 2019-20 season, obviously, 
very unfortunate that we did not wind up getting that 2020 NCAA tournament because who knows what Gonzaga and so many other teams would have been able to do. But just take a look at last three seasons in general. This has been one of your best teams to the over with Gonzaga overs. You've been finding them hitting just below 60% in this time span. They are 56 and 39 to the over. That is 59%. That is a top 20 mark in all of college basketball. Ironically enough, your top team in that regard has actually been Oregon's. They've been just over machines the last few years, but it's a Gonzaga team that they do like to be able to speed things up. And this is a Memphis team that they're in the top 50 in all of college basketball with regards to points scored on a per possession basis. That said, though, I do think that this is going to be a game that's a little bit lower scoring because we all talk about Gonzaga in the tempo. They rank in the top 25 with regards to possessions of game. Memphis is a team that they're in the top 50 as well. But what really gets lost with what we've seen out of this Gonzaga team, they're in the top five with regards to defensive efficiency as well. Merely the points allowed on a per possession basis as they rank number four with this regard. And when it comes to road and neutral court environments, they're number four in this as well. Only teams that have been better, Texas Tech, Navy, and VCU. Meanwhile, you take a look at the flip side for Memphis, and it's really been them turning over a new leaf. This team was awful at the beginning of the season. In the months of December and January, there was an argument to be made that the worst coach in all of college basketball was Penny Hardaway. Penny Hardaway right now is far from the worst coach in all of college basketball. He's, to use a little bit of a football reference, he's been a little bit more like Aaron Rodgers in that Aaron Rodgers, we all remember after week number one, we were all out on him, knew the New Orleans Saints lost. I mean, he looked absolutely terrible with that regard. And then Aaron Rodgers after that, he wound up storming back, looked a little bit better in that game against Detroit and company. And then he wound up being able to just pick up more and more steam. And now you take a look at Penny Hardaway. He's been able to pick up more and more steam for this Memphis team. You take a look at them in terms of both points scored and points allowed on a per possession basis. Ever since the beginning of the month of February, they're top 15 in both of those metrics. Now, there is one thing that is really killing this Memphis team. That is turnovers. Among 358 D1 teams, they're in the bottom 10 with this aspect. But if there's one thing that Gonzaga does not do well, it's being able to force turnovers. Gonzaga, out of 358 D1 teams, 275th with regards to turnovers forced on a per-possession basis. Now, a little bit of this is because Gonzaga does wind up playing at that breakneck pace. So there is a little bit of a caveat with that regard, but it is certainly a Gonzaga team that they do leave a little bit of something to be desired with that regard. And you take a look at this Memphis team and a big reason why they've been able to have much more success is because you've got a pair of guys that they were out due to injury slash COVID-19 sort of protocols in DeAndre Williams, coupled with Landers Nolly. Nolly is a guy that really runs the offense, 10 points, four rebounds, three assists. He and Tyler Harris are both guys that shoot in the high thirties from three point range. It's a Gonzaga team that they do a solid job out there in the backcourt in it of their of themselves. You've got Andrew Nemar, five assists, fewer than two turnovers per contest. So they run a very efficient, they run a very efficient offense with that regard. And then you take a look at Chet Holmgren. One of the most unfair advantages is what he's got because I mean, he's a seven footer that blocks three and a half shots per game, shoots 40% from three point range. He and Drew Timmy have been able to combine for 16 rebounds per game. But if there is a player that's able to match up with them, that'd be Jalen Duran. Jalen Duran is a guy that's able to give you 12 points, seven and a half rebounds, two and a half blocks per game. And if you take a look at the games that have really given guys like Drew, Timmy and company a little bit of issues, you go back to the Duke loss. Mark Williams was a guy that was really able to do a solid job down low. St. Mary's, the big thing with them and the reason why they were able to knock off Gonzaga when they wound up facing off about three or so weeks ago is that you wound up seeing Holmgren and T Timmy wind up combining for 12 rebounds in that game. They did a very solid job of being able to defend them by committee. 
I do think that you're going to have Duran be able to do a solid job holding up at the point of attack in this game. Being able to get physical is something that's really big with these Gonzaga bigs. He is certainly able to do that. So I do think that Gonzaga is going to be able, or Memphis is going to be able to hold in this game. I think that Gonzaga is going to be able to advance, but I can only set this number at 7.5. So I am more than willing to take the points here with Gonzaga. And once again, with regards to the tempo, it is very fast with Gonzaga. But do not forget, this is one of the top teams with regards to defensive efficiency in all of college basketball, setting my total at 152.5. So we're diving under, and I'm going to be going with the points with Memphis. Coming up next, we have yet to hit on this one seed. That'd be Kansas. They're going to be taking on Creighton on Saturday. We're going to be diving into that matchup next, right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The college basketball season is in full swing, so grab a five-hour energy to stay alive. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare alert to watch all of your favorite games or if you're staying up late to seeing that intense overtime game take a five-hour energy shot in the morning so that way you can energize your day with zero sugar and an unbeatable blend of vitamins nutrients and caffeine it is a perfect pick-me-up to be able to get stuff done go to fivehourenergy.com to find over 15 flavors to choose from my personal favorite is watermelon but you've got grape tropical burst cherry blue raspberry I know that the banana strawberry one was the one that I tried. That was very good. So there is a flavor for everyone. Get a five-hour energy shot today as it is the Greg Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. And feels like all these teams that are competing in the NCAA tournament. They're just running consistently on five-hour energy shots because these guys have been very rambunctious. It has been a great tournament thus far, and it's going to be continuing on Saturday. We have yet to hit up on one of the one seeds that we are going to be seeing in action. That would be this Kansas versus Creighton game. How about if we wind up going 783, 784 on the betting board? Right now, you're finding Kansas getting bet up quite a bit. They wound up opening up as a 10-point favorite, but got a little bit of injury concern with regards to Creighton. So now you're finding this line more around 11 half, seeing a lot of 12s as well. And your total on this game, you're going to be finding it right around a 139 and a half and a 139. And when it comes to the spot, I did want to say Creighton as a underdog here of 10 and a half points. I wound up initially setting it at nine. So pretty much bookmakers and myself want to putting Ryan Koch Brenner because he is very, very unlikely slash not going to play at all. 
in this game as being worth about a point after the line. Kyle Preiner, a seven-footer that's been able to give this Creighton team right around three blocks per contest. And what that also means is that Creighton is going to be down two starters from what they normally had during the season. This is a Creighton team that they've been able to do a nice job of being able to slow things down to a crawl because this is a Creighton bunch that they've had to turn over a little bit of a new leaf this season. Typically, this is a team that they wind up going out and they're scorched earth from three-point range. Creighton is now a team that's in the bottom 75 with regards to three-point shooting percentage. This is not your father's Creighton team, to say the least. And without Ryan Emmer, it's a team that has been able to play seven games without him. They have scored 65, they have scored, I should say, 64 points or fewer in now five of them. So certainly has been a case in which they just have not been able to score a lot of points. And that's in regulation because they did wind up having that overtime game against San Diego State. They wound up scoring 62 points in regulation. And then overtime, well, you wind up getting a couple more points. But you do take a look at Crane. And this is a team that they do a good job inside. They are ninth in the country with regards to opponents' two-point shooting percentage. Obviously, with Cuck Brenner out of the fold, that is going to be able to take a little bit of a fall-off. But Arthur Kaluma has been solid for this team. He's able to give you 10 points, five rebounds per game. And for Kansas, this has been a much improved offensive team, allowing 65 points or fewer in each out of their last five games. It's a team that, out of conference, they were right around one earth with regards to defensive efficiency. They're now clocking in in the top 60. This is a Kansas team that they needed to find a little bit more of a different gear on defense to be able to excel, and they'd be able to do that. And I think a big reason why is because you've now got Remy Martin back in the fold for this Kansas team. With Remy Martin, he was a guy that last year at Arizona State gave you 19 points, three and a half assists, a little bit over a seal per contest, an okay three-point shooter, not a guy that's going to go just absolute guns blazing or anything like that, but a guy that's able to get the job done. Now that he's back in the fold after he wanted missing much of non-conference play, it's been a Kansas team that has really been able to take the next step forward. This is a Kansas team that has been able to put together quite a few covers recently, and I really feel like this is a Kansas team that, out of all the teams, I've got them right now winning the NCAA tournament. Prior to the tournament, I did wind up filling out my bracket. I put Kansas at top of it, and a big reason why was because of what you're able to get out of Remy Martin, but on top of that, with the improved defense, a bigger reason why it is so much better is because David McCormick, along with Jalen Wilson, after they were underachieving towards the beginning part of the season, they've now really been able to hit the glass. Both of these guys combined to be able to give you a little bit over 14 rebounds per contest. You do have, once again, a team in Creighton that is going to be a little bit short-handed. Now, with Creighton, you got to feel like they're going to be trying to make this game as yucky as possible. They're going to be looking to slow it down. And Kansas is a team that, while they are very good with regards to their offensive efficiency, they're in the top 20 in all of college basketball, it's not as if this is a team that's going to be going out there and they're going to be necessarily just pushing the ball down your throat. They're going to be doing a bunch of transition. They're right around 130th in all of college basketball with regards to total possessions per game. They're a team that they've done a solid job with that regard. And you take a look at Green, big key for this team, just avoiding turnovers in general because this is a team that, with regards to percentage of their possessions, that wind up resulting in a turnover, 20.2%. 312th out of 358 D1 teams. I will say they actually turned the ball over a little bit less in a road and neutral court environment rather than at home. So that is something that's a little bit encouraging, but with Creighton as well, they've done a good job of being able to cut off the three-point arc all season long as well in terms of a points allowed on a per-possession basis. You've got Creighton currently number 43 in the country, and they've really been able to do their best work recently. They're allowing right around nine and a half points per one hour possessions fewer in their last three games rather than the rest of the season. And you just take a look at what has been happening with a lot of these double-digit favorites because you don't find a lot with regards to the round of 32. They are 31-17 and 17 against the spread 
ever since 2001. So you've had 48 occurrences in, I would say, the last 20 years of the NCAA tournament. But I do think that this is a little bit too lofty because a lot of those teams, they typically aren't able to slow it down like Creighton is. And I do think that Creighton is going to be able to do a relatively solid job, even without Ryan Kochbrenner, of being able to hold up on the glasses as a Creighton team that they don't necessarily do the greatest job of being able to cut off second chances. But what I've noticed with Creighton is that they've actually rebounded a little bit better in a road and neutral court environment as well. And then you take a look at this Kansas bunch and you do have Christian Braun. And I do think that his just absolute ability to be able to stuff the stat sheet is going to be noted in this game. You've got a guy that stands right around six foot six, 14 and a half points, six and a half boards, two and a half assists, steal block per game. Shoots nearly 40% from three. He's one of the most complete players that you're going to be finding on the floor. But what are you going to be able to get out of some like it to Juan Harris? Jalen Coleman lands has not really seen a whole like a lot of minutes in general. So it is a Kansas team that they don't necessarily have a ton of depth. You need someone to be able to come through, be able to give you a little bit more. It is going to be an interesting case of, can you wind up getting guys like Alex O'Connell to be able to dole out the ball well for Creighton? And while I do think that Kansas is going to be able to get the job done, I think that Creighton's just whole approach is going to be slow this game down, make it as grimy as possible, make this just as... I guess, beaten to a bloody pulp as possible in this game. Try to make sure that possessions are at a minimum for Kansas and take care of the ball. And I do think that Creighton is going to be able to do that. So this is the spot in which I did wind up setting this line at 10.5. I'm going to be willing to take the points. And with regards to this total, I did wind up setting my total at a 134.5 because I do think that this is a little bit correlated. If you think that Kansas is going to be able to bump up the tempo, that they're really going to be able to get to this Creighton defense, you probably want to be laying the points and take a look at the over. If you think that Creighton is going to be able to do a good job of being able to slow things down, really be able to get their style and brand of basketball, you probably want to be taking a look at the under and the points, and that's what I'm going to be doing in this spot. And when it comes to Kansas, I mentioned it, the fact that I do think that they've got a relatively solid shot of being able to win the national title. If you take a look at the futures market, they are one of the short shots right now. When it came to just your roads to be able to get to the final four, I don't think that there's any question about it. Coming into the NCAA tournament, Kansas had the easiest road to the Final Four, and I still think that they've got the easiest road to the Final Four. They're currently number three in the futures market at pretty much all places, whether that be BetMGM, whether that be DraftKings. Like, at BetMGM right now, you're finding Kansas at 8-1. I know that one of you guys tweeted me, and you found Kansas at 10-1. That's relatively solid value. I've mentioned on this show quite a bit of perhaps a money line rollover. If all you've got available is 6-1, I certainly would be taking a look at that because I think that it would pay out a little bit better. You get yourself a little bit of added protection, but I do think that shopping for these futures is something that is very, very important because I mean, I've got the Circa app that is gassed up right in front of me, and you were able to find some very unique numbers when it comes to them as well. I was mentioning the fact that with regards to UCLA, you were able to find them at more like a 5-1 to one to be able to reach a Final Four, and that is pretty much the best number that I've been able to find just all across Las Vegas because I mean, it's a case in which when it comes to just whether it be betting game to game, whether it be futures, it's just all about trying to be able to get the best value. That is just so much of a part of it because when you're able to give yourself multiple outlets, when you're able to just give yourself multiple ways to be able to take a look at things, it does make it very beneficial. Like we're gassing up Circa right now with odds to be able to win the NCAA title. And I do think that you're going to be able to find some relatively solid value on this one because with regards to Arizona, you're finding them more around six to one. You go down to Kansas, who I was finding a little bit earlier in the day, right around eight-ish to one. And right now at Circa, you're going to be able to find them more in the neighborhood of, we're going to get this here, 
plus 766, which a little bit of a random number, but once again, it's sort of in the middle of what you've got between BetMGM and DraftKings. So I do think that it's very important to be able to take a look at some of these teams, be able to take a look at just some of the outlets that you're able to take a look at. And when it comes to everyone else in Kansas's pod, you've got Auburn at 10 to 1. Auburn is a team that they haven't been able to do a lot outside of the state of Alabama. That's been a little bit of an issue for you. And then you've got Wisconsin, a team that they were able to get the job done against Colgate, but they wanted to play a single-digit game in their home state against a team from the Patriot League that was a 14 seed. There's not a whole like lot that leaves you concerned there. Providence is a team that I'm not necessarily buying into either. So I do think the Kansas has a very clear road to the final four. And I think that they've got a good shot of being able to pull it down. What else is very clear is that we've got a lot of college basketball this time of year. Coming up next, how about if we wind up bidding on a, a couple of NIT games that we, we have yet to? That is coming up next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Wendy's and Adult Swim's Rick and Morty are teaming up in lovely Las Vegas for locals and basketball fans to get swifty at the first ever Morty's Mayhem pop up this weekend only at Resorts World's Eats Garden Plaza. The immersive experience brings the show off the screen and onto the strip with never-before-seen animations of Wendy's breakfast characters in the Rick and Morty universe. And the return of the elusive Pickle Rick, Pickle Frosty. Boom, big reveal. While in the alternate universe, fans can also play a life-size game of Plinko, score exclusive swag, and try items from Wendy's delicious menu lineup. Check out Wendy's Morty's Mayhem at Resorts World through Sunday right here in lovely Las Vegas as it is a Greg Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I am a fan of a Frosty. Never was one for dipping the French fry into the Frosty personally. I don't know if my wonderful producer, Brian Ortega, was or was not. I could never necessarily get into it. I am always, I think I am seeing the thumbs down from Brian Ortega. So he is right there with me. So good to see that we are on the same boat there. It's why we make such a great team right here on the Greg Peterson experience. But with that said, Frosties are delicious. What else is delicious? Being able to pick winners on a college basketball board for this Saturday. And it doesn't matter whether you're picking them in the NCAA tournament. It doesn't matter if you're betting on the Super Bowl. It doesn't matter if you're betting on the college inside tournament or the NIT. Money is money. It doesn't matter where it comes from. So how about if we wind up betting upon a little bit of an interesting game that we're going to be having for Saturday. We go 801-802 on the betting board. Got Wake Forest and they're going to be taking on VCU, the Rams of VCU buying themselves as a little bit of an underdog in the spot of five points. And your total on this game going to be getting at anywhere team 144 and 144 and a half. And I just have no idea where this total is coming from. You've got a VCU team that they have actually been relatively solid to the over recently. This is a bunch that ever since Ace Baldwin has come back in the fold, right around 60% of their games have wound up going over the total. And you take a look at VCU and they are a team that they are both in the top 10 in all of college basketball with regards to turnovers forced on a per possession basis and in the bottom 20 with regards to turnovers committed on a per possession basis. So what that means is that VCU plays some very, very sloppy games and you take a look at Wake Forest. They're not necessarily great at being able to hold on to the ball either. 228th in all of college basketball with regards to uh, turnovers on a per possession basis. Big reason why is Alondis Williams is a high usage guy. He for this Wake Forest team is able to give you 19 points. 
five and a half boards, four and a half assists, but also one of the top players with regards to turnovers on a per game and per possession basis with right around 3.8 per contest. Now, Jake LaRiva, someone that you want to be taking note of for Wake Forest. They will give you 13 and a half points, six boards, is able to can over 38% of his three point shots. But with Baldwin, who I mentioned a little bit earlier, has really been the heart and soul of this VCU team. A guy that's able to generate right around three seals per contest. They'll shoot over 40% from three-point range. And VCU has really been able to shape up with regards to their three-point shooting percentage. This is a team that they were relatively brutal from the outside. Baldwin wound up missing the first seven games of the season. So that was a big reason why they just weren't able to get a whole lot flat generated. You take a look at them. Really, we're going to call it ever since the beginning of the month of January. So since the beginning of conference play. And this is a team that they've been able to shoot right around 38% from three-point range. That's one of the better marks in all of college basketball. This is a team that still has been able to keep that defensive tenacity. They're forcing right around 17 turnovers per game. Ever since Baldwin has been able to get back in the fold. And I do think that this is going to be a VCU team that winds up holding up at the point of attack down low. Vince Williams is a gentleman that shoots 39% from three, 13 and a half points, six rebounds per game. Once again, problem for he and just so many guys on this VCU team is turning the ball over. But take a look at what you've been able to get out of Keyshawn Curry. He's been relatively solid for the team, 11 points. He gives you a seal and a half per contest. Each of your top four scores for VCU, as a matter of fact, at least 1.4 seals per game. Got a VCU team that they've been able to do a great job of being able to defend the three-point arc as well. In conference play, they allowed opponents to shoot 28.7% from three-point range overall this season. They rank in the top 10 in all of college basketball with regards to opponents' three-point shooting percentage. And while you do have a Wake Forest team that likes to play a little bit more up-tempo and they've been a team that has been a little bit rough on defense, you've got a Wake Forest team that it's outside the top 100 with regards to points a lot on a per possession basis. This is a VCU team that they rank in the top three of the country with regards to points a lot on a per possession basis in a road and neutral court environment. VCU is not a team that's necessarily looking to bump up the tempo. They're 174th with regards to possessions per game. They play relatively slow, relatively controlled. Now, Wake Forest, they're a team that they do like to break neck at pace. They are a team that they like to play a little bit more of a breakneck pace. They're 46th in the country with regards to total possessions per game. And you take a look at Wake Forest. They're a team that they really get things bumped up at home. With regards to home tempo, they're a team that they rank in the top 25 in all of college basketball. So you've got a lot of just variance going on with that regard. They play at right around three and a half possessions more per game at home rather than on the road. Jamari Monsanto is a guy that is coming to the fold for the team. He's able to give you seven and a half points per contest, shoots right around 40% for three. And Dallas Walton is a true foot, seven-footer. It's able to give you right around five rebounds per game. But I do think that VCU is going to be able to do a solid job in this spot. If you do wind up having a bugaboo for this VCU team, they're not a team that is necessarily doing the world's greatest job on the glass. With regards to rebound rate, this is a team that they're clocking in at 250th in all of college basketball. Week four is able to do a little bit of a better job. They rank right around 62nd with this regard. So Week four does have a little bit of an advantage down low. And Week four in general does have a little bit of a shooting advantage. So I do think that Week four is going to be able to get it done on their home floor. But VCU all season long, they've been able to do a good job of being able to make things all murky. I mean, we even saw it at the beginning of the year against the Syracuse team that was playing no defense whatsoever. They did a good job of being able to make things very, very, I guess you could call it controlled, very, very strange in general for either team to be able to get points up on the board. And this is a Wake Forest team that has a little bit of a lack of efficiency themselves. Our team that they do rank in the top 30 with regards to points scored on a per possession basis, but their main issue is just being able to take care of the ball. VCU, I think, forces those turnovers. They get their tempo, so I set my line at four. I'm going to be taking a look at the points here with VCU. Also, I want to say my total at 135 with the way that VCU plays, so I'm going to be taking a look at an under as well. 803-804 is a very interesting one in the NIT as well as 
You've got BYU. They're going to be playing us in Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa finds themselves a six-point underdog in your tallest game in between 148 and 150. If you haven't seen Northern Iowa play in the last two years, this is not the Northern Iowa that you've come to expect. Northern Iowa, typically a team that they like to just pound teams into oblivion, play at one of the slowest paces in all of college basketball. This is now a Northern Iowa team that they're a mid-tempo team, and they're a team that they really let it fly on offense. This is a team that they've got A.J. Green that is going to be able to give you 19 points per contest, shooting right around 40% from three-point range in terms of total points scored on a per-possession basis. This is a Northern Iowa team that they rank in the top 60 with really no fall-off home to road. Meanwhile, you take a look at BYU, and this is a team that has been right around 100th, more like 110th in the country with regards to possessions per game, and BYU, despite the fact that Provo has itself a very home court advantage throughout just what we've seen in the last few years, they've actually been scoring fewer points on a per possession basis in home games rather than road games. Now, I did wind up saying BYU in this spot as a six and a half point favorite. I'm going to be willing to lay it because this is also a BYU team that they've been much more solid on the road. And that's really been interesting with Northern Iowa, a team that typically is very good on defense outside the top 200 with regards to points a lot on a per possession basis. BYU's main issue has been turnovers. They rank outside the top 150 with regards to being able to take care of the ball. It's a Northern Iowa team that they've been able to do a good job of not necessarily getting two out of sorts, but with this BYU team, they're a team that they give up right around nine and a half points fewer per one hour possessions in a road and neutral court environment. And BYU, I think, should be able to win the battle down low as well. You've got Trey Barrow, who for this Northern Iowa team, they will give you 5.1 rebounds per game. Only guy on the team. It's able to give you more than 4.7 boards per game. Now, Noah Carter is able to give you 11 points, right around four and a half rebounds per game. He's been able to do a relatively okay job for the team, but Gideon George has been able to give you six and a half boards per game. Caleb Lawner has been a guy that's been able to give you a block. He gives you right around six rebounds per game. So I like what he's been able to bring to the table for the team. And when it comes to BYU, it's a team that they do a solid job of being able to give themselves second chances on their misses. They wind up getting into offensive rebound on right around 28.5% of those misses. And if Northern Iowa winds up missing their first shot, they're not going to get too many second chances. Among 358 D1 teams, they are 351st with regards to offensive rebound rate. They only rebound 18% of their misses. So that is going to be a big issue for Northern Iowa in this game. Now, outside of Alex Barcel, they would give you 17 points per contest. Legitimately one of the best three-point shooters that we've seen in quite a long time. You don't necessarily have a lot of guys that are able to contribute too much on the offensive side of things for BYU. You've got Trajan Lucas, who winds up coming in from UW-Milwaukee, 10.5 points, right around five assists per contest. I do like what he's able to bring to the table, but you take a look at this Northern Iowa team as well, and you've noticed a little bit of a fall-off with regards to some of the guys that have been trying to step up, give this team some contribution. Someone like an Austin Fife has only been able to give you right around five and a half points. He has not done a good job on the glass. Two and a half rebounds per game despite being six foot eight and spent a little bit befuddling. You've got Nathan Essie, who he is a very well-rounded player. Nine points, four and a half boards, right around a steal per game. So that's been rock solid. But Northern Iowa, just very weak on the interior. They're 1.4 blocks per contest out of 358 D1 teams. That is 356. This is a BYU team that they're really looking to get inside. I do think that they are going to be able to win from within. And on top of that, this is also going to be very fascinating to see if BYU is able to stay disciplined because Northern Iowa, a big thing for them, has been free throw shooting. Seventh in the country in terms of free throw shooting percentage. 
79%. I think that BYU is going to do a good job of not fouling because Northern Iowa, I don't think, is going to be able to get the ball inside too much. So this is a spot in which I set my total at 144.5 dive and under. And with BYU willing to lay the points. And in the final segment, going to be going through everything that I like on the NCAA Tournament College Basketball Betting Board for this Saturday, including my DK Nation pick. That's up next right here on VEASAN Esports Betting Network. on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Game on. It is time for the Yingling Pick'em Challenge. Bring the goods during the college basketball's biggest tournaments of the season and play for free in eight pools and make winning picks for your share of $40,000 in cash prizes. Head over to DraftKings slash Yingling now to be able to join in on the action. Yingling. Log her up and bring the goods, terms, and get... At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help... Call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Conditions and other eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. As it is the final segment of the Greg Peterson experience with myself, Greg Eves Peterson, and I had a couple people ask me, what exactly is Yingling? That's a beer that you're able to find more out there on the East Coast. It's a little bit of a darker beer. It's one that's relatively solid. I remember I haven't had it a few times back when I was in the great city of Nashville, Tennessee. So it is a solid beer and it is solid what we're able to get this time of year. Here we're going to be just taking a look at pretty much everything I've been talking about the last few hours. But I all like for the college basketball card on this Saturday. We're going to be starting with my DK Nation pick. That is going to be the early one as... This one is going to be tipping at 12.10 Eastern Time, 9, excuse me, 9.10 a.m. Pacific Time. This is 7.91, 7.92, Baylor and UNC. UNC is finding themselves as an underdog here of five and a half points, and your total on this game is 149. And with Baylor, I do mind saying them as an eight-point favorite. DK Nation pick is going to be Baylor on the spread. I take a look at this team, and I've been highly impressed with the way that they've been able to play through injuries because you did wind up having... Top rebounder, Jonathan Chamachachua, come out of the fold. And on top of that, this has been a bunch that has been dealing with a nagging injury to LJ Cryer as well. Cryer really hasn't played much over the last two months in general. But even with those guys being a little bit banged up, it's been a Baylor team that's been able to do a solid job on offense. You take a look at them, and they've actually been the better offensive team recently other than North Carolina. North Carolina had their big outburst a few days ago, being able to just put a hurting on Marquette being able to win that game by 30-plus points. But you take a look at this Baylor team. They've been able to score at least 72 points in seven out of their last 10 games. Meanwhile, North Carolina, 
70 points or fewer in five out of their last nine games. North Carolina has been one of the most inconsistent and up and down teams in all of college basketball. This is a team that just before they wound up going on the road and knocked off Duke, they wound up losing to Pittsburgh as a two touchdown favorite. So, I mean, boy, oh boy, it's in a North Carolina team that they certainly have had their highs and their lows. Now, I think that it goes without saying that they've been able to play their best basketball here down the stretch, but with North Carolina, still not a team that has really been able to do a great job with their defense. They're outside the top 150 with regards points a lot on a per possession basis. And this is a Baylor team that they rank 12th in this category. Baylor does experience a little bit of fall off when it comes to road and neutral court environments, but what this North Carolina team does not wind up doing, causing turnovers out of 358 D1 teams. You've got a North Carolina team that they clock in 355th with regards to turnovers force on a road and neutral court environment, 12.2% with that regard. And you take a look at what Baylor is able to do. It's very nearly double, right around 23.3%. That is in the top five in all of college basketball with Baylor. What has been really key for them is just having James Akinjo get things dialed in. You can tell that when James Akinjo was not 100% in like late January when they were playing against teams like Alabama and company, he was just turning the ball over a little bit too much. It caused Baylor to be relatively stagnant and that turning the ball over as well led to honestly relatively easy opportunities on the other side of the ball for good buckets as well. I think that that's really critical when you wind up having live ball turnovers because it not just hurts your offense, but winds up hurting your defense a little bit as well. So I do think that taking a look at steals when it comes to handicapping college basketball, it is very important because it's a little bit of a true prong two-prong stat with regards to both offense and defense, but take a look at Akinjo, and despite the fact that he's only been able to shoot right around 30% from three-point range this season, he has been able to do a better job of being able to reel things in, being able to hold things down with regards to just not turning the ball over in general. You take a look at things, and you take a look ever since they wound up playing against Kansas State. That was on the 9th of February, so last 10 games for him. He's only been averaging more like two and a half turnovers per game, 14 points per game, three-point shooting percentage, has not been there, right around 23%, but shoots 88% the free line and six half assists to 1.7 steals per game. So even though he's not shooting from the outside the way that he did back in the day while he was at Arizona or Georgetown, he's been able to do a very solid job of being able to be efficient with this team. And then on top of that for Baylor, you have a guy, Flo Thamba, who's been able to give you a block per contest, five and a half rebounds per game. He and Jeremy Shane combined for about 12 rebounds per game. And what else I think is going to be a big X factor here for this Baylor team, Matthew Meyer. I mean, the gentleman has a very, very beautiful set of hair. He's got the mullet, so everyone knows him from that. But you take a look at what he's been able to do down the stretch, and it's been very critical. He was more of a role player when Baylor wound up being able to win the NCAA title last season. He's had a very up-and-down season himself, but he's been able to play some of his best basketball down the stretch. You take a look at it, he's been in double figures in now seven out of the team, or six of the team's last nine contests, and Take a look ever since the 19th of February. So last seven games for the team, shooting 93% of the free throw line, 11 points, six half boards, and a block per game. So he's been a very well-rounded player and a guy with size as well, right around six foot nine-ish. And then you take a look at the flip side for North Carolina, Caleb Love, RJ Davis. These guys have been able to do a very solid job for you. They both give you right in the pocket of about 17 points per contest. They both shoot right around 37-ish percent from three-point range. And Armando Baycoat, no doubt, he's going to be the best little player in this game. 16 and a half points, 10 and a half rebounds. He's able to give you 1.7 blocks per game. But what I think is key for this team is just being able to get anything whatsoever outside of your main starting five because you've got guys like Kerwin Walton who just have not been able to step up for the team. Puff Johnson is a guy that people had high expectations for. He's only been able to give you three points per contest. So 
That's been a little bit of an issue for this team. It's really been Brady Maddock, who has went into takeover mode for this North Carolina team. And I think that Matthew Meyer is actually going to be able to match up very well with him. You take a look at what you've been able to get out of Maddock. And it's a guy that's in six foot eight. He's been able to shoot in the pocket about 39% from three-point range and down the stretch. I would argue that he's been the most important player to this UNC team that's not named Armando Baco. Wound up having 28 big points in that game against Marquette. And you take a look at it ever since the beginning of the month of February. So last 13 games for this team, 18 points, six boards, two assists, shoots 40% from three-point range. It's not a cheap 40%. He's been taking right around seven threes per contest, but this is a Baylor team that they do a great job of being a lockdown from the three-point arc. They're in the top 30 in all of college basketball with regards to opponent three-point shooting percentage. That is really the lifeblood of North Carolina, so I think that that's going to be a little bit of an issue. And for North Carolina, 238th in the country in terms of opponent three-point shooting percentage, including in a road and neutral current environment, allowing opponents to shoot 37.5% from three-point range. North Carolina looked very strong in their first matchup, being able to survive and advance in that game, but it's a little bit similar to what we wound up seeing last year with Baylor. You wound up seeing Wisconsin just go lights out against North Carolina in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Wisconsin then wound up getting sacked by Baylor in the second round. I think that you could wind up seeing something similar. A North Carolina versus Wisconsin school game in the 8-9 matchup. The team that winds up advancing there after looking very impressive just winds up getting blitzed. And I think that you've got that in the circumstance. They wind up saying by total at a 146 top 15 team with regards to points allowed in a per possession basis for Baylor in this spot. And Baylor, really a mid-tempo team. So looking at the under in this spot, but the DK Nation pick, like Baylor, I'm willing to lay the points, willing to lay up to eight with the Bears. And just taking a look at the card that we've got in general for this college basketball Saturday, we'll end up hitting upon these games a little bit earlier. So if you want to missing anything, if you're looking for a little bit more detail, for one, I'm able to get you guys covered with the Coast Coast Hoops podcast. You're able to subscribe or review your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, list goes on and on. Got the link to today's podcast pinned up on my Twitter feed at GNRS41, or if you listen to the Visa Bets Bets podcast, while I'm talking about all these throughout the Greg Peterson experience, our man Oliver does a great job posting up all these hours, so big thanks to him, but with regards to Richmond versus Providence, I do think that Providence is getting a little bit disrespected here. You're finding their line in a lot of places out of three, a couple of spots, a two and a half. I'm willing to lay up to four and a half here with Providence. I think that Richmond, even though they've got a lot of seniors, they're just not going to be able to match up with the Providence team. I think it's going to be able to do a better job in the post. We've got an Arkansas team that's finding themselves a six and a half point favor against New Mexico State. I set my line at eight. I think that Arkansas is just going to be able to do a good job of being able to take it to a New Mexico State team that had a complete and utter outburst with their three-point shooting percentage a couple days ago. They wound up shooting 11-17 from three-point range after coming into that game against UConn, shooting as a collective 32.5% for the season. I think that they had cooled down. Willing to lay up to eight here with Arkansas. Tennessee versus Michigan. We're just going down the betting board on this one. Tennessee is a team that I wound up setting as a six-and-a-half-point favorite, seeing in a lot of places six. Michigan, a team that's outside the top 225 with regards to points a lot on a per-possession basis. Tennessee, I think, takes the two um, here, so I'm willing to lay the points. With Murray State versus St. Peter's, I'm willing to lay eight-and-a-half here with Murray State at nine. I would be starting to take a look at St. Peter's, so up to eight-and-a-half is what I'd be willing to lay with Murray State with Creighton versus Kansas. Willing to take the points with Creighton, set them as a ten-and-a-half-point underdog. No Ryan Koch-Brenner for them, but you have a Kansas team that I think that they're going to be slowed down in Kansas. They themselves have been playing a lot of defense. Really do like that under. Currently, he's finding the total at 139.5. That might total at 
Taking the points with Memphis as well. Top 15 team in all of college basketball in terms of offensive and defensive efficiency. And with UCLA, want to lay up to five with them. So we've got a lot of rambunctious action here on this college basketball Saturday. And hey, if you're looking for a little bit more of me, I'll be on with, with Mark Zeno. I'll be on with regards to point spread Saturday. So I'm going to be waking up early with you guys there. I'll be doing a little bit of a guest spot there. And we've got you covered all throughout the day here on the Vegas Sets and Information Network during the most magical time of year on the Sports Bank Network. Hey, Toby. Hey, Toby. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.